Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. All right. Killer review time, minus Kevin this week. Yeah, it's just us. <laughs> just us. No crafty beer this week. No crafty beer, which means only one beer this week, which is good and bad. There's benefits of not having three beers and yeah. continuing on through the night. I will be drunk on a Thursday night. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So we have been posting frequently throughout this week a couple times, hinting at what we are going to be talking about tonight. And we are going to dive into the Halloween series. And we're going to pick... Very particular one, though. One particular one out of there. You all know Halloween 1 is on the top of Seamus and myself's list. I think we kind of... I think even without speaking about it, him and I kind of figured... Like, obviously, Halloween is the king of horror movies and the best slasher and the first slasher and all this good stuff. But that would be boring to kind of talk about yeah. the one movie that everyone knows that everyone cares about. I think it was just a little more interesting to talk about the one that there's a very div- divisive there's a, viewpoint on it. There's a line in the sand and you are either on one or the other. You love this movie or you hate this movie. And that is Halloween three season of the witch. So we're going to dive into that tonight. We are also going to do a little cleanup Halloween horror nights cleanup. I finally got to go over to the houses this morning. Seamus visited the bride house over the weekend, I, I believe did, it was. Yeah, I did the bride house on Sunday. I have not done the Tooth Fairy one yet, so Nick, we're going to try to hold off on doing spoilers. Yeah, all right, so we'll talk, but... <laughs> we'll talk, let's talk bride a little bit, but not, not too, too much because obviously we got to jump yeah, into this killer review. We're not going to spoil anything on the houses, let's just run real how we felt about yeah. the ones that we've both done and then... I'll, we can always reconvene when I, when I finally do get to go do the... We'll do a one. episode on the houses, those two houses in the future. We want to kind of give everybody a chance to get over to them, to see them. And we want to go through a handful of times so that way we have enough yeah. visuals to dissect it. Yeah. But let's kick off this episode. So let's jump into the beer first. Okay. And uh, we'll go from there. All righty. So let's, uh, what do we got this week? So I know you came bearing yeah, gifts. Yeah, I bear more gifts this week. Um, this is actually, I, I believe this one's annual, so it's not that it like comes out all year round, but it is, this brewery's seasonal for the fall. It's called Pum King, and if you know anything about beer, you probably already know what the brewery is, but it's Southern Tier Brewing Company, and they're based out of New York. I forget where, oh, Lakewood, excuse me, Lakewood, New York. Uh, it was started in 2002 by Phineas Domink, Sarah Domink, and Alan Skip Yon. Much like a, a lot of other breweries, these guys, they just started in their kitchen, started in their garage, and just kind of grew a brewing brewing company from there. They actually have equipment that was bought from, or leased from, Old Saddleback Brewing, which is based in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Ah, home state. So a little bit of home state, western home state, but yeah. home state love. But yeah, so... Southern Tier has been around for almost 20 years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, yeah, so Pumpkin, it's an Imperial Pumpkin, pumpkin Ale. They say it's pumpkin pie in a glass, so I guess we'll be a uh, judge of that. I mean, obviously, we all know that Nick and myself are very much pumpkin head 
pumpkin head fans. Freaks, yeah. Um, so everything we drink pumpkin related is compared to that, unfortunately. Yep. Have you had this one before? I have not. No, okay, so I have. You've had pumpkin I do before. like oh, this okay. beer. All right, okay, so this is a new one for me. Different. Uh, Nick's had this one before, so. And funny enough, too, back a month or so ago, we got a tweet from HHN Cultus, who was asking us about some beer suggestions and stuff like that. And they ended up getting the Pump King. They were tagging us on Twitter, they? and they, they got this beer, and they were they were drinking that for uh, for the night, and they liked it as well. And well, it's let's it, see if you like it. I yeah, I, I mean, really enjoy this. It does. We'll get into the what I taste, and so I'm not going off of yeah, memory. It's, but it's, it's it's a good thing that I picked this one up. Then I guess um, I mean looking at Untapped, it's got from my friends or group of friends on Untapped, it's a 407, so it's got a high ranking. Nothing too crazy about it. Pumpkin puree, pie spices, malty and bready. Cinnamon dominates with nutmeg and vanilla in the background. So it's going to taste like a fall beer, but with the pumpkin. So it's got that basic pumpkin. Yep. Everything um, that you think of in fall you know, is that type bottled. of thing. So let's uh, pop this open. Yep. See give her, give her what a crack. I think about it. Also, guys, forewarning, typically on our killer reviews, we have the movie playing in the background. However, being a Thursday night, being that we are also football freaks, we are actually have the Bears Buccaneers in the background. So if you hear random cheers or screaming, it's either us or my <laughs> roommate. Well, it could very well be us. Or the roommates in the other room. So Considering you, I've got Ronald Jones in my fantasy team. So, so yeah, if you, <laughs> A, if you hear random noises, it's probably related to the football game. B, if we kind of get off track in the movie, like storyline-wise, it's because we are not going off of a reference as much. We're just kind of going to go off random notes and whatnot. That will kind of cover all the bases on the miscellaneous noise you may or may not hear. The smell of it has a very... It oh, smells wow. very pumpkin-heady, yeah. but the taste is a lot different. So Yeah, for sure. So pumpkin head, obviously, to me, is, is more bitter to it. This literally tastes like a pumpkin pie. Yeah. They're not lying. No, it hits you a little bit stronger in the front, but then it just kind of tapers off. No, but I, I have always been a fan of this beer. This and pumpkin head and pumpkin. I, I found pumpkin years ago. I think I was at a bar up in Lemonster yeah. at Ryan time, and they are pretty big for their beer catalog, and... I saw this. I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot," and it's just kind of makes stuck a around. lot of sense. I mean, being a, a New York State brewery close to the border of Mass, you would get it all over there, all over the, all over the place up there. Um, but yeah, this is really good. I don't really have much other to say other than I mean, no, you get all those tastes. Yeah, you get that for creamy seasonal pie pumpkin style beer. Taste at the end. Obviously, this is something everybody does now, and pumpkin is kind of the big thing when it comes to October and the fall. So, you know. What you see is what you get. I really do like it. I have had certain ones that, like, Sam Adams made a special four-pack. I don't know if they still do or not, but it's, like, Imperial Pumpkin. Mm, but yep. what where the difference comes in is, like, these guys use a pumpkin puree. Other people use whole pumpkins gotcha. in the mash. To get so, that taste. Yeah, and the taste will change. With whole pumpkins, it tends to be a little bit less sweet, whereas these ones with the puree tend to be a little bit sweeter. Yeah, that makes sense. But, hey, I'm down. So uh, if you're looking for a good, different pumpkin-style beer that isn't pumpkin head, check out Pumpkin. All right, so just a quick little house cleaning. We're going to talk brides for a second here, and then we're going to jump right into Season of the Witch. So I only went through brides once today. I enjoyed it. The storyline, I would have to go through a couple more times to actually fully kind of get it. There wasn't as much... it. It didn't seem as much like universal monstery 
when I came out of it, I was like, oh, yeah, there was a bride and there was some Frankensteins in there. Yeah, I don't know, without going into a ton of detail, if it was too dark or it was too chaotic. It's a little off-putting because everyone's behind clear material. Yeah. Rather than normal, they can just kind of come out at you. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of hard for me to understand or see clearly what each scare actor was. I think there was obviously the brides. There were a couple Frankenstein monsters. But then a lot of them, there were a lot of evil scientists characters too. Yeah. Um, So I really wasn't quite, I didn't, like you said, I don't understand, I didn't really understand what the story they were going for. Yeah. Because to me, it felt more like, hey, here's a bunch of evil scientists raising Frankenstein monsters. Like, yeah. I, I guess to me, it's just for this one, it was kind of hard to understand where the story goes. I don't think it was bad. I just didn't get it. Yeah, and then I was kind of in the same thing. I loved the scenery in there. I guess kind of mild spoiler, but I did notice the uh, the Gill Man was in there in one spot, yes. kind of in a tank, yeah, is, which was like really he is cool. hidden in there. Which I was kind of, maybe I just didn't catch them, but maybe... The other monsters were in other My various guess is spots. They probably are somewhere, but you, when you say that, I do remember seeing Gilman. And when I saw that, I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" So I will have to go back through it before we kind of do our episode in depth on those. But overall, it was it was an okay house. I like I said, we I had done Tooth Fairy. You haven't. I prefer Tooth Fairy over Bride. I know there's a debate going on. I figured. but we'll kind of discuss Tooth Fairy a little bit later. But yeah, with the brides, or just with both houses in general, really. The plexiglass, I totally understand, and I get it, but it does kind of give you that, like, you know it's coming. You're like, oh, there's the plexiglass yeah. that is so also a there boo is, hole. There, is, there are a couple parts. I won't give away what they are, but there are a couple points in the Frankenstein monster, the Bride of Frankenstein one, where they do a good job of like faking it, giving you the illusion that something mm-hmm. may be a jump scare, something may not be a jump scare. Yeah. You're not sure which is which. If you're someone like us that goes through it all the time or goes through these things all the time, you can kind of pick it out. Yeah. But for someone that's like a casual fan, yeah. they would get them, I think. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, you're right. There are times where it's kind of it feels almost like it feels almost more like like you're at the zoo and this is the zoo yeah, of, of yeah. haunts because yeah. they do feel like they're kind of behind glass. And I yeah. and I understand why they did it. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it does feel kind of like you know they are almost like you you can kind of expect where things yeah, are going to be. It's like a a pre pre scare spoiler as you would. All right, but that is just our quick little recap. We wanted to just touch base. We had gone over there. Oh, and I did um, melt my tongue off today when I got my Twisted Taters extra salt and vinegar, extra salt and vinegar. The only downside is they definitely weren't as fresh as they were during Horror Night, so they were definitely heat lamping it up for a little bit. But either way, I got my fix. Slightly. (laughs) All right, let's jump into this. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch... 1982. Yeah. The only one the witch. without our beloved Michael Myers. Yeah, the only one without Michael Myers. Now, most of you already know kind of the story yeah. of why he's not in this one. Real quick, just to give some background for those that may not know, uh, the reason why this movie is such a departure is because at the time they had figured, all right, we kind of finished the story somewhat with Halloween 1 and 2, and Deborah Hill and John Carpenter didn't want to do just another sequel. Yeah. They wanted to do something different. They the, the main idea at the time was why don't we do a movie based on Halloween 
in some form or fashion, but a different story every time we make one of these. Around movies. the holiday, around holiday, the holiday, yeah. and around you know Samhain and the festival of All Hallows Eve and all that sort yeah. of that sort of like an more, anthology series. Yeah. yeah, more or less. And unfortunately, the way <laughs> the movie industry works is that even though it's a good movie, it's marketed a certain way. And then when word gets out after the initial weekend of release that, hey, it doesn't actually have anything with Michael Myers, yeah. nobody goes. Correct. So they did, I think, $6.3 the first weekend, which is big for the 80s. Yeah. But after that first weekend, it kind of tapered off because there was nobody going because, hey, you know, it's, there's no Michael in it. Yeah. And this is the quintessential, like, cult, late, late cult hit where it wasn't perceived well. I don't think a lot of people were excited about it. They were definitely bummed out that there was no Michael Myers and it just once we get into the storyline and the acting and the special effects and was it good for the time versus you know would it have been good now debate it definitely was not perceived as a good movie for a long time which usually in the horror world bad is good usually bad turns around into cult hits and kind of they through generations become this like hidden gem especially yeah. those 70s 80s movies where it's like bad it's good so i think where you're going with that is is true i think when you say bad i think more along the lines of campy correct is good yes i mean there are bad horror movies that are just bad bad movies bad. but if it's campy bad where it's almost funny yeah then that's where kind of that cult following comes from like, i think it's, it's like sleepaway camp right and like well, stuff and again, like, but even sleepaway camp i mean it wasn't a bad movie necessarily not, i mean it was it was clearly a, a friday the 13th ripoff yeah but they still had their own at the time very controversial twist at the end of the movie yeah and that last that final shot it still gives me the chills thinking about it just because of how weird insane insane it was <laughs> but i think the difference with that with those and this movie is that I don't think this movie is campy. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of camp, but not in the same vein of yeah. typical 80s not like slashers. That, yeah. I think this movie was really trying to go for what it wanted. Yes, it they definitely were, were going for rebranding, yeah. I guess and is I think the right you, word. Yeah, and I think you and I are kind of in the... in the. I could be wrong, but I know for, at least for me, I'm in the side of the... I'm in the camp where I do, I do love this movie. Yeah. Um, I do think it got unfairly... Um, unfairly chastised. chastised, or 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 you know the expectations I think were too high, unfairly because oh, it was the Halloween series. Yeah, and that's on them. They, I mean, they shouldn't have called it Halloween three. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you're gonna do that, it's not a sequel. No. What I would consider it is a like you said an anthology or a part of an anthology. So you would say you could call it Halloween. Halloween like series, Halloween, Halloween anthology, or just, Halloween. or just say Halloween: The Season of the Witch. Origins. Don't say Halloween three. Correct. Yeah, That's, that was such that a was random the problem yeah. because they said Halloween three, and then you're like, oh, it's a, it's another Michael Myers movie. Yeah. Great, awesome. Yep. And then it turns out it's not. And also back then too, there wasn't like the internet and all this like gossip. And stuff. So when you see Halloween three: Season of the Witch, you see a trailer for it. Yeah, there's there might not be any Michael Myers in the trailer, but you're like, oh, it's it's like it's Halloween three. Like he has to be in there. You know, imagine. You know, seeing like one of the, um, say there was, you know, an Iron Man, you know, Iron Man 4. It, there's no Iron Man in it. But if you don't have the internet, you have no, like, communications with the industry world. Them telling you no Iron Man in the movie isn't going to come to you. So when you go to the movie theater, you see Iron Man 4 and it's just like Iron Patriot or, right. or just, a, it's a different 
style of superhero movie. You're like, oh, well, it's not really Iron Man movie. It's, uh, you know, Iron Man-esque. We're going to tell you a story about the Iron Man world or something that revolves around that style. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, I think if, without getting on to that discussion, that will eventually happen anyways oh, yeah. in that series just because you don't have that character anymore. Correct. So now there's going to be some yeah. other Iron Man. But nowadays, but like the, the point being that like nowadays with the communication will be prepared for it we won't go into the theater and be disappointed yeah, on it right. initially I think, I think it helps that obviously you and i are not from the era that this movie came out in we weren't born at the time no. um so we came into it well after there was an established franchise so we look at it i think we can look at it a little differently we knew ahead of time where yeah. right we kind of we looking at it from hindsight almost where we can go into it and say all right we understand the history of this movie and where it came from and appreciate it for what it is whereas at the time there were no other Halloween movies after this one yet. Yeah. So, like, they all thought, well, ha- Michael's dead. That, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. I don't want to see this. Yeah. So, I think having the benefit of hindsight kind of helps our opinion of it. But there is very Absolutely. much a very, a very large cult following for the movie. I wouldn't even call it a cult following at this point. I think it's a large number of fans in the Halloween you know community yeah. that do like this movie just because of it. it after repeated viewings, you're like, all right, I can see what they were going for. Yep. So let's jump in. So we have the cast. We have Tom Atkins as Daniel Chalice. Yep. Dr. Daniel Chalice. Dr. Daniel Chalice, who... Even though he didn't really do much doctoring. Doesn't seem like a doctor, except the fact that he no. says he's a doctor. Right, you see him in a hospital. He plays, beginning. like, the role of, like, a detective that knows how to fight. He kind of takes that upon himself to be this copy sleuthy detective that, like... Can, you know yeah it's it's it, go it at is it. definitely a weird <laughs> it's very so the movie is definitely very weird in this sense like we just said he's a doctor by trade but he spends about ass kicker minutes, by night <laughs> 10 minutes of, 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 of the whole movie actually being a doctor to the point where there's a part in the movie where he says i'm a doctor i'm a doctor i'm a doctor beat it dude he'll get the best care in the world <laughs> yeah. now, granted obviously that's you know the weird covering the you know, tracks of covering their, the yeah. tracks of, of the murdering some lady, yeah. but yeah, it's 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 weird because he goes from being a doctor, basically abandoning his children to go <laughs> search for the killers of this salesman dude who he had just met in the hospital who was murdered with his like twenty one year old daughter. Yeah, <laughs> and they just leave with a six pack of beer. Yeah. it is really strange. So this dude is an absolute player. He's so yeah. Through this movie, he was. Sleeping with this dead dude's daughter, he has a kid at home with somebody else. Two kids, two kids at with, home with, with what is his ex-wife? Well, it seems like he, he he so he calls her his ex-wife. Now, yeah. mind you, a little bit of trivia: this is Nancy Loomis playing his wife. When we play yeah. Annie Brackett from the first Halloween, yeah. So that's a little bit of a, a Easter egg for Halloween fans. But at the same time, she still has his last name, and at the hospital, he calls her his ex-wife. Yeah. So we got those two. Which uh, I don't think, I mean, at this point, it doesn't seem like they're sleeping together. It seems like they're just, like, sharing um, custody of the And children. then, like, shortly into the movie when he's at the hospital, he slaps the nurse on the ass and says, I wish you were my wife. All because she provided him with milk and cookies. Yes. <laughs> Which, super, super 80s, because that would not fly yeah, no, nowadays I mean, there's so many all. things about this movie that wouldn't fly yeah. today. And then I, I believe it's not his wife. He's talking to, I think it was, like, a nurse on the phone at one point. And he brings up, he's like, oh, I'd get dinner with you anytime. 
So this dude is just firing so, on all yeah, cylinders. So yeah, that was the um. I think she's a like a receptionist of no, sorts. No, she's this is the one that he goes and talks to about the the dude that burns like the robot that burns himself. Yeah, she, he was she's following like a up on her or something like that. Yeah, and he so was that's following up with her and that's yeah, four they, shots out there in the and they and they've clearly they've bumped uglies because yeah. like they were kissing and shit. Yeah, so. so that's that's four hail marys this guy's throwing up. Yeah, I mean he's I mean for a forty something year old fake doctor he's definitely like pulling them in. He's pulling some tail. But, so, he is known for The Fog, Night of the Creeps, My Bloody Valentine. So, he's got a couple more, like, horror movies under yeah, his belt. Yeah, he's actually done a few movies with, or had done a few, a couple movies with John Carpenter. So, I think it was kind of easy for him to be like, hey, we want you to lead this movie. John sure, Palmer. why not? Then we have Stacey Nelkin, and she plays Ellie Grimbridge, who is, we are talking about, the daughter of the dead weird old guy that we'll get into in a little bit but she doesn't really have much notable work and i think that was because this was one of her first leading roles yeah and like we said the immediate reaction of this movie was not too great so all she really had after that was like some single tv yeah episode some small roles in movies this was about it for her i think you noticed pretty quickly that a lot of these 80s horror actors they kind of they get a name they get a name for themselves in like the genre but they don't do a whole lot afterwards. There's very few Johnny Depp's, very few um, Kevin Bacon's who will do a horror movie and then branch and then become something a, like a high tier class A actor. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget that Johnny Depp was in Nightmare, Nightmare and Kevin Bacon was in Friday the Thirteenth. So and Tremors and he was in Tremors too. But Tremors, I think, came after. He was he yeah. He was a, a kind of a, a he was a he was an actual quote unquote actor at that yeah, point because. Yeah. Acting is a term used very loosely in these 80s horror yeah, well, movies. Some of these movies, acting is very, it's a very loose term. <laughs> and then this is directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, and he had also yep. done The Fog, and he did Fright Nights Part 2. Yep, he so, was also the set designer for Halloween 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, so he's, again, another person that had really worked with Deborah Hill and John Carpenter in He had a couple movies under his belt. Before, and they actually approached him to do Halloween 2 as mm-hmm. a director, and he turned it down because he didn't want to do... This almost I don't want to say the same thing, but he he didn't he wanted to kind of branch do out something a little bit different. and do different things. Oh, and, and I, he did. He did. He definitely did. Um, and then that's why when they approached him to do three and they explained him what they wanted to do, he was like, "Yes, I'm totally I'm on, on board," because he wanted to do different stories. He wanted to try to do that. And I think where they were going, like I think he had a good heart at what at what they were looking for. Yeah. Uh, I just think again, like we had said before, it just didn't work out. No. But, but want to do a quick? So we kind of went through. Those are really just the main characters that were sort of yeah. prevalent to the story. I mean, That's the only other one it, we didn't I mean, talk about is, what is it, John O'Hurley? Who's the bad guy? Who plays Connell? I think it's John O'Hurley. I think I think it's his name. But he's an Irish um, character actor at the time. Yep. Done a lot of character acting throughout his career. And he just plays... He plays a really good villain. And we'll kind of get into, like... Yeah, Dan O'Hillary. Dan, Dan O'Hillary, okay. Yeah, he'd done... Like, he was... A small role, but he was in the RoboCop movies. Yes, and, he, and like I said, he's a character actor. So the he's, last Starfighter, he's like Michael he was, Shannon. He's one of those dudes that like can kind of just dive into a role yeah. and embody the. He was the, more like a um, sci-fi kind of thing, which this movie hints a little bit on some oh yeah, sci-fi. For sure. So it kind of they say. I mean, Tommy Lee says himself that it was very much an homage to invasion of the body snatchers to yeah. the point where the the town that it's based in the santa mira from is that, the same the, town from the body snatchers on the same town but the same name the same the name town. of the town from the 1956 one yeah yes yeah so let's want to do a quick little synopsis of the story 
uh, overall, we'll we'll talk about that, and then we'll kind of dive into a couple of different points that yeah. we're, uh, yeah, are, I think are worth talking about. Yeah. Do you want me to walk? And walk yeah, I want. The... Yeah, do a little walkthrough because I got a lot of story points. Um, yeah. So essentially, just really kind of a bird's eye view of the story. And again, most people have probably seen this movie, so you kind of know where we're going with this. But um, for those that haven't watched it in a very long time, or jump back in, you know haven't actually ever watched it because they don't consider it part of the canon um we do implore you to give it a chance because it really is a good movie in in its own way but essentially we have our doctor fake doctor whatever he is doctor (laughs) just as acting is in quotes doctor doctor is also in quotes tom atkins character he well actually even before he comes into the picture we have a, a a salesman and we don't really know what he is until after he, you know, his fate has befallen him. But he's essentially a salesman. He sells novelties and Halloween costumes and that sort of thing. And he's being chased by these suits, these dudes that, you know, these G-men almost. And he's being chased and being chased and being chased. And all the while, you know, you've got that John Carpenter score going and that very 80s synthesized score. So it really creates a sense of dread in the beginning because, you know, obviously this guy's in danger. He manages to get himself all the way back to wherever this Dr. Chalice works and get himself checked into the hospital. And this whole time, he's clutching this pumpkin mask. And he's saying, they're going to get us. They're coming for us. They're going to get us. And eventually, what ends up happening is he is he is got. The suits eventually <laughs> catch up got. to him. And it's the first kill of the movie. And I will say, we'll talk about them, I think, a little more in detail. Yeah. But the kills are pretty brutal in this movie. They're brutal and laughable i mean they're funny i guess they're i mean they are funny but the prosthetics of them are pretty cool but they are yeah and i think i mean when i say brutal i think like just the idea of being killed in some of the ways that the people yeah. are killed it is pretty i mean it's pretty Grotesque. hardcore you know this gentleman is he basically have it has the front of his face crushed in yeah and his eyes crushed and his brain smashed and he's smothered and stuff but either way this this person this g-man kills this man and then escapes and and gets into his car and lights himself on fire and blows the car up. So, obviously, the doctor, Mr. Dr. Callis here, doesn't understand what happened, wants to know what happened. So, eventually, the salesman's daughter shows up to verify that he's who he is. And, you know, unfortunately, she's, she's taken aback that, hey, my father has been, has been murdered. Oh, no. And for whatever reason, the doctor takes it upon himself to figure out why <laughs> to play detective what, exactly what is going so, on rather than call the police rather than they, obviously the police were called they were brought in yeah. but apparently the police have they don't they don't have any any any, any desire to this is not their to call anymore this murder nope. which happened in their jurisdiction no doctors investigate murders <laughs> doctors gonna do it because you know what i'm a good dude looking <laughs> to get laid so Sure enough, big dick swinging. Sh- sure enough, he's drinking at ten o'clock in the morning, having his wobbly pop at the at the at the bar at the sports bar, mind you, <laughs> that is playing a cartoon <laughs> and which, a Halloween which, trailer. Which, 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 yes. And then this is also the point in the movie where you get you get the first entrance of the gloriously famous theme uh, from this from this movie. The, jump on that. <laughs> We're gonna get it caught in your head. Yeah. Eight more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Eight more days till Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Now it's now, stuck in your head. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> but <laughs> does that tune sound familiar? But, mind you, this is being this is in a in a um this is in a sports bar, and how dare the cop <laughs> doctor thing guy not have a sense of Halloween spirit <laughs> before the guy puts the football game on? Yeah. 
that which what football game is playing on a random I, afternoon? I, it, well, it wasn't even a news. I think it was like ten or eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It used to come across that way, but for some reason, Ellie, the daughter, manages to track Doctor Chalice down at his ten o'clock spot where he's drinking a whiskey sour beer o'clock to confront him about her father and wanting to know what happened to them. And for some reason, I still can't quite understand. Get in the car. Let's go. Is they decide to go find out for themselves. And again, maybe I'm just having a lapse in judgment. I kind of forget how they know where to go. I think it's based on the mask that he was clutching because, like, obviously her dad was clutching the mask. Yeah. Um... So they went to check like where the distribution or the warehouse yeah, so is, where, where the factory is, and even before they get there, they stop so the doctor can buy a six pack of Miller High Life <laughs> champagne of the beers. Champagne of beers, but again, if you're so con- you're so concerned about finding out why this guy was murdered by some G man in a suit, and then the G man blows himself up, <laughs> you have to stop and buy a six pack of beer. Yep, got to. Just it makes sense. No, perfect sense. Yeah, I guess it does. I don't know, but 80s, man, 80s. Yeah. Um, so so they, they go, they find this town called Santa... Sorry, I'm already forgetting the name of it. <laughs> Santa Mira, excuse Santa me, Mira, sorry, Jesus. Santa Mira, which, again, like I just, I just said, it was it's a callback to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was a town from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But this movie is very much like an Invasion of the Body Snatchers type of theme. So they get to the town... They discover that it's a factory making the masks. That it's are, that's evil there. Irish town. That's um, it's really strange and weird, and get weird characters eerie. in it. Yeah, and people uh, start getting knocked off for various reasons, like the weird homeless guy that yeah. gets the talk shit to like, a camera. Fuck you! I'm, I know you're <laughs> yeah. listening. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, fuck I'll go you! Fuck. And, then they, and they show up. He's like, and "Oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I was going to get a Molotov cocktail and blow up his building. It's his." <laughs> It's his last Halloween, damn right, it! Right. So, oh, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. I wasn't really. You guys know me. <laughs> right. So I another, joke. another pretty well done version of '80s uh, special effects when he gets his head ripped off, but yeah. pretty brutal. And then there's the, you know, obligatory annoying side characters that show up that really have nothing to add to the plot or the story, no, no. but they're just, just there to get murdered, yeah, or killed in some weird way, some sense of the way, um, yeah. like the the lady that gets killed by the. By the beam of light that yep. comes out of the Mrs. Tag. Gutman. Gutman, there you go, Mrs. Gutman, and then the other family that's there, the uh, the leading the salesman sh- of, yeah. of of masks of, of masks, Halloween of masks, shamrock masks. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. So you know, you meet all these various side characters, and finally, you do get to meet the big bad, Conal or Comal something. He's the Irish guy that runs Shamrock Silver Shamrock. You finally meet him after what seems like I think forty five to 50 minutes it was a lot it was a pretty long stretch you finally into get, the movie. you finally get to meet him and you know you're given the tour and they see this the, the various places of, of, of the factory and when they get to the masks the little annoying brat of a boy asks for a mask and the gentleman says well you need to get one that's been finalized final, final finalized Right, so then you're like, final processing, what is that? Well, don't worry, we'll find out what that is very soon. And this seems like a very <laughs> uh, boring synopsis, but this is literally the movie. We're like, going through like, the movie. This is literally the movie. Step by step, and then we're going to go backwards. We're going to talk about a couple of these right, things. I'm not even like skipping parts. Like these are No, just, we're these walking are through the whole movie off of the top of our this, head. In this movie. <laughs> they, they take the tour. They end up leaving... Because they can't figure out any other reason as to why 
you know why why would her father come here and why would he get yeah. why would he be murdered by somebody so the, so they go back to their hotel room ellie gets snatched and then it's really weird because then ellie's all of a sudden like she's, I mean, we need to get out we need to get out of here so they get ready to get out of here magically of course he leaves to go make a phone call can't make a phone call because he can't get out to anywhere yeah all, all, everything's down operator time and then she's magically taken away oh, oh, oh all right so i know the, the reason why sorry last a little bit of a lapse the reason that they she's kind of like we got to get out of here is she thinks or she sees her father's car yeah and she goes to like confront like that's papa's car so whatever about it and magically you know she's treated like crazy because you know she didn't recognize her father's car yeah um so then they have to get out of there they got her she gets snatched by the g-men he goes on a wonderfully 80s like running montage yep like gotta have through one. an alley yeah up, you have to up, have one up, up through a window out a window across the roof <laughs> <laughs> to get into the building again and find out what's going on it's kind of starting to bleed together a little bit essentially what happens is he gets captured by the bad guys yeah the bad guy of course is this very 80s let me reveal the master plan of what's yeah. going on and we stole stone from Stonehenge yeah. and we're using its magical alien powers to yeah. create masks that are going to melt the faces of, of children, children on Halloween on Halloween night because of Sam Hain yeah. and and the like the Catholic curse of of, of All Hallows Eve yeah. how they did sac- blood sacrifices <laughs> and all this stuff and I'm going to um, tell you everything, every little detail, yeah, and then gonna I'm going to loosely chain you down I mean, and make so, you watch. It's so 80s. And, like, it's – it's. Um, we're going to go through that part in detail because that part drives me <laughs> nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, magically the hero escapes. He thinks he stops what's going on by frying all of the G-Men who turn out to be robots. Yep. Which is the body snatcher thing. He saves Ellie. They leave and – uh oh! Turns, turns out, out he didn't that save Ellie, Ellie is not saved because she is now a robot as well. Body snatcher number two twist, and he has to kill her <laughs> quite easily. Her. Yeah, pretty easily for a yeah. robot. Cuts off one arm, and then the arm attacks her, and then and then he hits her head off, and then her lifeless body hits her, and then her arm comes back and hits him, and just yeah, it's really it's just random really body strange. parts fighting. We're making him. this sound like it's the worst movie ever. It really isn't that bad of a movie. <laughs> it's just really weird. Um, it's just a really strange story. Um, and then, of course, he gets to the gas station from the beginning of the movie, and there's three kids that walk in. After, by the way, doing a whole montage of all these cities across America with these kids wearing this ma- these the masks. The same three masks. Uh, what do they call them? They call them the something three. Or I like don't know. I would assume like big scary three. Scary three or something. Yeah, some, they call some them. So there's three, a certain yeah. name for all the different masks. Because there's a skull. The skeleton, a, the witch, the and witch the pumpkin. And the pumpkin. But, yeah, and then the ending, obviously, it is... I forget. Does he call the cops or no? He, he calls, calls like somebody. He calls the, like apparently a, a TV. The, well, apparently there is literally one one person that controls all three channels <laughs> yeah. being broadcasted over network television. Yeah, and he's like, "You gotta shut it off. You gotta shut it off. Don't believe me. You gotta shut, shut it, it off. All three. Stop all three. Stop, stop it. And, and they do cut, like a very eighties like stop it, stop it. And then of course magically they don't. They don't stop the third channel because yeah. apparently this one magical TV person can stop all three channels yep. on network television. And cut to black. So does he save them? Does he save the children? We don't even, we'll never know. The actor says he did. He says, oh, of course I did. He's lying because he didn't so save who them. Knows. The fucking thing didn't end. He so was, who he's knows? screaming, stop it! So that is Halloween 3 season of The Witch in about 10 minutes. That is our kind of walk through synopsis. So now let's... Let's dive into some fun little key points that 
I love in this movie. So, A, the movie itself is like Willy Wonka if it mated with, like, Luck of the Irish, the old Disney movie you know, with I the potato thinking, chip factory. I was basically thinking the same thing in the sense that... And then you just sprinkle some, like, terrible 80s horror, and then, poof, you got Season of the Witch. <laughs> like, I, I almost, like, after watching it again, I forgot that there was actually a point to this. Because going through it, I, I always remember being like, why the hell is he killing children? Yeah. Like, what is the point? Yeah. And then, of course, he explains somehow similarly with Samhain and blood sacrifices. But I'm like, for what? Yeah, what was the what, what was purpose? the motive? What's your motive? Like, what are you for trying to do? Creating to masks do? to like turn children into it, it. Just the masks like slowly deteriorate, and then yeah. out come like and then various bugs, and bugs. And, like come out of like crickets and stuff come out of the kid's <laughs> face. Um, it's it's really weird. See, for me, it's like I just wanted to be like. It turns out the dude's a fucking leprechaun. Yeah, and like. He's just like taking revenge against Halloween for St. Patrick's Day, and everyone's gonna love <laughs> he fucking St. Patrick's me Day. damn holiday by be, by killing all the children <laughs> that wear his mask. I mean, he's putting a lot of faith in a not only parents allowing the kids to just keep their costumes on all night yeah. long and to watch the TV and to watch Halloween. Yeah, because you have to which watch is not that. a kids movie. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's a murderous yeah. slasher, and like, oh, we're gonna let our nine-year-old watch yeah. Halloween, and then well, they have to watch the commercial because the commercial is that. what triggers I know, I it. I get yeah, that, but yeah. that means Halloween has been going since like seven o'clock, like prime time television, yeah. when children are watching it. Yeah. Hey, kids, come watch a big murderous man kill people. That's and, and great. There's, and there's only th- three holiday masks, like three, yeah, three Halloween three. masks in the country. That's that's what well, you get right, to exactly. pick from. It's like apparently this person, like, who does it? What has this guy done? They say he like does, no one was a clown. Well, they say he did like he, he novelties and stuff like, like that. Gags and that's and kind of what got him like big. Fart spray and yeah. and the uh, what was it called? The uh, God, it was something toilet paper. He had like the wet toilet paper, sticky toilet paper, sticky toilet paper. Yeah, which if someone gave me sticky toilet paper, that person's gonna get the. <laughs> Didn't you know he's a millionaire? That's I'm, sticky I'm gonna, toilet I'm gonna set, paper. I'm gonna set the TV on fire because that's a that's that's not even a that's not even like a fun trick. That's just annoying. <laughs> that's just that's, that's un- just mean. Unnecessary that's mean waxing. Trick. But yeah, it's I don't understand his motivations at all, and no. maybe that's the point. Yeah, just leave it. My, my guess is that like I would rather it's the it Joker. Be, Some men want to see the world burn. Yeah, it just it's just. Some people want to see the weirdest shit happen. <laughs> so, that first death in this movie. So we oh, open up. Getting his head crushed. Yeah. <laughs> we open up with this old guy, the guy that dies, just running down the streets with a mask. No rhyme or reason. It just jumps you right in. One of the little robot G-men, which are pretty much the poor man's Agent Smiths or agents from the Matrix movies. Just the poor man's version of that. Yeah, and funny, actually, fun fact: one of them, if not all of them, are played by. Dick Warlock, who is the stuntman, the stunt coordinator on the on, on, on the Halloween a lot of the Halloween movies, and he played Michael, I think, in the second movie. Yep, I did I so, think I saw that. Just a fun little fact. But one of those little G Men guy pins this guy down in front of a car, and what happens is he pulls one of like the stopping brakes yeah, Magically up. the car that's like directly behind yeah. this one is on So is, is it on not on stop block it's not in blocks. it's not in park, I guess. It just the car sitting in neutral, so who knows? But either way, the I car mean, it, slowly, slowly. Late seventies, early eighties, yeah. a lot of cars were stick, so yeah, yeah, a lot of them would be left in neutral. But it doesn't make any sense. I guess the car doesn't have a working e brake. But it just it slowly rolls down towards the yeah. nut, and yeah. it and it pins him in between another car. Right. And there's no smash. There's right. no. You will find out it later that like these stops. robots are like gooey. They don't have blood, but they have like goo. Yeah. But there's no blood. There's no goo. There's no nothing. Just like it, it looks like a slight inconvenience. However, this guy right. just shrieks like up into the air, and and now he's dead. 
That's it. But it was when you come to find out, like the end of the movie, that these guys are like all powerful, like robots that are really powerful. Yeah. Like. And it took that. Like it just. It took, it took this took guy like, out. Like a love tap from another vehicle yeah. for him to like die. Like if like, if it, it went bumper. Of if it went bumper to bumper, there wouldn't even be a color scratch. There would be nothing. And my favorite is you didn't hear it. This wasn't like an electric yeah. car from 2020. Yeah. Like. Well, it was. It was off. But, but like. You'd, I know. you'd hear a car like yeah, rolling the towards is, there you. It wasn't enough, like it wasn't far enough away to get enough no, momentum. It was probably to ten crush feet away. It was like ten to ten to eight feet away from him. So that was just a quick little. If you see that, that's like your first kill. You know you're in for like an amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. time. Next couple things is like it doesn't really tell you. It, it it's a very confusing start to the movie. Because like you explained earlier, this guy is just running around with the mask like aimlessly. Yeah, it's and a you're little like, strange. I don't get what is happening. So and then thirty minutes or so into the movie is when you finally figure out like the actual plot of this movie. And another another thing now that we're trying to jumping around, jumping back and forth through the movie, once this guy is dead and in the hospital, I think my favorite character, after you know, Doctor pretends to be Doctor, is the super shitty firefighter who is in the room with the dead body once they're trying to identify him. I don't know why there's a firefighter in the room <laughs> with a guy dying at a hospital. Yeah, it's a little strange. But all he I has mean, for an outfit is like a super shitty yellow <laughs> helmet with a F. And it looks like red <laughs> fabric. Like, And all he does is he just sits in the corner he just, just like, there. He, he nods. He's like, oh, no. I mean, in fairness, no. to, the, in yep, fairness no. to in fairness to the, like, to the to production team, Normally, in emergency calls, that firefighters and rescuers are called. I get that, yeah. but you're right. Like for a movie that had a pretty, for the time, a large budget, it had yeah. three or four million dollars. But yeah. it had a pretty large budget. You can't find like a, a decent a firefighter, firefighter outfit? outfit. This was made from like Michaels. If you if you got just a yellow helmet from like. Yeah, it reminded me of the spirit. movies we used to make as yeah. kids. Like, if your you, mother would go to, like, Michael's and Bias and stuff to yeah. make the costumes. This was very easy to mimic, that's for sure. And I just don't... He's just in... <laughs> in he's just standing there. And I get it. He got killed, and then the guy, the robot guy, goes into the car, just starts pouring gasoline on himself, and, and then... sets himself on fire. And sets himself on fire, but not just himself, with instant within seconds of him lighting himself on the car the whole car explodes (laughs) so i get why there's a firefighter there however i don't get why he's inside drinking like a coffee not dealing with the car that's on fire it's it's really strange and like like when the guy when the robot kills the dude and the the nurse is just screaming she's like a man a man a man (laughs) a man and the doctor just knows it I got it. Yeah. He just runs outside. He just starts sprinting. And he see, he's like, hey, hey, and he sees you get in the car and just starts pouring gas in over himself, <laughs> blows himself up. And the kill was pretty cool, too, on the old guy, where he just, like, he's, like, a robot, and, you know, there's an old guy in a hospital. So you could, like, the typical route would probably be, like, pillow smother or something quiet, you know, like, nope, he, uh... Well, he's a robot. He I mean. kind of chokes him a little bit, but then he puts his his fingers in his yeah, eyes his and he like pulls his nose out like he yeah, elongates his he almost does like what adam does in beetlejuice when <laughs> he just like yeah cracks his nose of. out it's, a little it's, bit it's, it, it was definitely a, I, I still think that he either choked him or, or restricted his breathing yeah i don't think it just <laughs> but yeah the crushing the, the the ripping of the the bridge of the nose i don't know if that was just <laughs> for effect it was re- really strange i mean really really strange really weird so we'll flash forward a little bit to 
when our two characters arrive at this new town and they're checking in they're checking into the super shitty hotel oh my god where forty dollars gets you like unlimited amount of time yeah so this doctor so that's forty dollars yeah. under the blotters. I don't have to cover it. Oh, it is my boy. It is this doctor what? Chalice or whatever. He must be. He's like a magnet for getting hit by cars because within two <laughs> minutes he almost gets hit by two different right. sets of cars. So right. The first one is the. Right. He's not even like angry at yeah. the dude for almost hitting him. The man. first one is the the family of the top salesman. Whereas oh, you almost hit that guy. But no, no, he's fine. And then the shitty little kid comes out. He's like, well, what's wrong with my bike? Nothing. Okay, see ya. <laughs> and then like, he just did he flip his mother off? By I, the way, he probably did. It little shit. <laughs> It's like don't ride on the road, and he went like this. Like yeah, he you put can't his hand see me, back. But he went, put his hand back. I'm pretty sure he flipped his mother off. I mean, it makes perfect sense for the character development at that point of this character. Right. He's so a then, immediately bag. after that, he walks another like two feet, and that's where this Mrs. Gutman, and she almost runs and she him runs him over again. Again, he has to put his hand on the car. And for whatever reason, I don't know why this lady feels the need to air out all of her grievances, but she gets out of the car just swearing. Damn, factory got their orders all screwed up again. Now I gotta stay in this dump again. <laughs> right? And then she just like huffs and puffs. It's like, no one gives a shit. Wait, this isn't Twitter. Like, it's so weird. This isn't, you don't have to just like, that's a cool introduction. Like, that's just not like, information you would be sharing. Like, my guess is that she probably went up there on, on, on her own accord. Because like, I don't see any purpose for them to have brought her in. Like, I understand why the family was brought in because he wanted to test yeah, you needed the, something with the, the kid and yeah. of, the, of 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 the whatever he was planning on doing, but there was no reason to bring her in. So I, my assumption is she just kind of showed up. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's really it's really weird. <laughs> it's a weird character choice for her. So she ends up getting fucking blasted in the face with she like does, a laser. She's fucking with the back of the the tag, which has got the whatever Trigger. magical powers that the, the stone stone has. But she had a gnarly, gnarly blowout face yeah, from the laser. Yeah, I mean the effects on that one was pretty were pretty good. I yeah. mean, I, again, when I say like that was one of the brutal kills that I was like, wow, it's it's dark. But, well, yeah, you're like, I didn't like the teeth are all smashed. To happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we are used to again like Halloween. We're used to the slasher stab stab. There's a little bit of blood, but there's not. It's not a gore. Yeah. But this had like the thing style feeling with some of the like prosthetics. Where it had, like, she got blasted, like, in the mouth. So, like, she's got teeth, like, facing outwards. And then, like, a cockroach or, like, a, yeah, it, um, a locust or something comes out of her mouth. It's got that early 80s, you know, goopy gore where it's, like, almost goofy. Like, you said yeah. it's laughable because it yeah. is kind of goofy looking. But it is pretty gory compared to, the obviously, the first Halloween there was no blood. Yeah, um, just stabs into into clothing well, and that's li- it, but that's blood, about but... it. There's no, like, guts and gore. Yeah, and... it's no gore where everything nowadays is just so gory. And, and I don't think it's a fault because, to me, like... No, you can do a, horror there was, there was without point, it. There was a point where there's too much gore, and that's yeah. what you're going for. Yeah. And at that point, then I kind of know what I'm in for. Like, when you can people complain about, like, movies, like, hostile movies and that sort of thing. It's like, you know what you're getting into with a movie like that? Yeah. Your expectations are set. Movies where it's like you don't have to do slasher movies and have it be super, super gory. You can get away with it not being. It's definitely got that campy 80s gore. That's kind of where the camp comes in. And it's like not as much like. It's weird because it's not like blood gore. It's like that prosthetic, like. Other than the the head rip. Like dismemberment and stuff like that. So I just didn't get too like. They kept calling it a misfire. 
with the laser. Well, yeah, because she was like, screwing with was the she back like, of it. Yes, but then like... Um, I don't know what caused what she, I mean, she yeah. was picking at it, so I don't really know how that means, hey, we're going to fry your face off. Yeah. But And I just didn't get why they would take her out with like... They have like eight doctors for her. Yeah. It's like if you knew what happened, like why wouldn't you just like subtly take her away and not cause like... A scene. A scene, because now you're just drawing... Attention to Now you're drawing or... doctor, detective, police... Right, firefighter, doctor, police, pimp slayer, like onto the case. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 there's, there's so many, there's so many just leaps in this movie, and we're getting to the one that I think that kind of took me out, not took me out of it, but it's the it makes one you thing. Sit back and think. It's like, the one back. The one thing about this movie, where I'm just like, come on, <laughs> and it's. I don't know if you kind of know where I'm going with this, but it, it's, it's the forced love scene. In this movie, like, there's no, there's absolutely no reason for it to have happened. I, I get the, that it's the an, doctor. Yeah, it's an '80s horror movie. I understand there has to be some sort of titillation in it. Yeah, but he's like 47, 40 something years old. Mm-hmm. She's a tw- like, she's, I think she's got to be barely twenty. Yeah, even they make a joke about it. Like, she's like, "How old are you?" or whatever, and she's like, "Don't I'm worry, old, I'm older I'm old than enough. I look." Yeah, yeah. So and okay, so you're twenty. Him, Where do you want to sleep, Doctor Chalice? And yeah. then he goes, "You don't ask a man that question or something. You, yeah, you, you don't want to ask me that question." Yeah. I'm like. This got really rapey, like yeah, this really is a, quickly. This is a really not great situation like, for this. I mean, man. you literally just met this doctor who this thinks day. He, who who thinks he's a detective this day and bought a six pack of beer before he left, and you met him in a bar drinking at like ten o'clock in the morning. Well, well you, you met there him. So many red flags. <laughs> you met him identifying your dead father. Right. Right. Exactly. So let's recap your day. Dad's dead. Met the doctor at a bar. I mean, that really. I mean, I guess it could fuck somebody's head. Drove off, but... to a random, random town, which we don't know how far away it was. Well, right. They get a motel, and at the end of the night, you're sleeping with said doctor that identified yeah, your dead only dad. One bed in each room. Yeah. So that no, makes perfect sense. It makes a ton of sense. <laughs> but it's '80s horror. There needs to be sex. Yeah. Well, you're right. There's gotta be. There's gotta be naked it nakedness be in it. But fun fact, she actually had a no nipple clause in this movie, so they could not show any full. Like that's why nudity? they did. That's why they did. When she got out of the shower, it was behind right. the like. It was very. You um, couldn't see anything they, really. They, 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 they did. They did a good job at least with the scene, so it wasn't like, you know. It was nudity without nudity. Yeah, it was. It was titillating, as yeah. we like to say in the business. And um, I think one of the what I read too somewhere was that sex scene was like one of the first days of shooting. Maybe. And they had like just the actors Maybe. had like just I mean, met, I don't so know. it was a very know, awkward. I don't know the ins and outs of movie making, but from what yeah. I've learned and what I've read about and what I've kind of studied is that a lot of times with those type of scenes, they do typically do it at first up yeah. front to get it out of the way because it is a pretty awkward thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's a great icebreaker. I mean, dude, see, they got his underwear on or he's got a dick sock on, yeah. and you're simulating yeah. intimacy, and it's really hard to do that and act and make it look natural. With people holding, we got 20 people exactly. behind you staring, be With like, people staring can we get a closed you. set or what? Yeah, and I, I bet you a lot of times it is pretty much like yeah. just director, the actors and the director. DP, and that's it. And maybe a director, yeah, the director of photography, but like other than that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are times where the room's full of people, and it's gotta yeah. be awkward as shit. Oh yeah, I can't imagine it's. I mean, it's awkward for normal people, <laughs> let alone like making a movie. Yeah, especially a horror movie. But yeah, that one. I mean, that 
I feel like that's the only thing in this movie where I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah, there was like, a... He didn't need it. Like, I understand yeah. that they had to create some sort of dynamic sexual tension between the two lead characters but it's like that's literally just there yeah. because the the, the cliched uh, outline of a horror movie yeah. especially in the 80s is you have bad guy wanting to hurt people you've got a lead character who is the big hero and there's a strapping young strong female character who eventually has to sleep yeah. with the person and all you had to really do is because you need a connection between the two characters you need a dynamic all you had to do was instead of partners sexual partners you could have made them but you know the father daughter duo you know like not literal father and daughter but he can kind of fill that void since spoiler daddy got his yeah, face so what ripped you're off. telling me is this girl's got daddy issues yeah like, oh, immediate big time. daddy issues i get your dad was just murdered by robots and it's fucking weird well <laughs> you don't I, know what you that, wonder if you, i guess obviously she did find out that they were robots eventually because they made her one yeah but she probably went into that thing not even realizing that this person wasn't a real person yeah no yeah it, it that it's just strange it's a it's weird just, that that part that i mean of all the strange things that happen i can i can look past a lot of it and see the qualities that they were going for it's just when they put unnecessary things like the love scene in that stuff kind of it's like eh. not needed i at mean all. i get why it's there but i don't need it yeah no. and the, the one thing about this movie that makes it not campy and i can see why people don't like it is because they do truly take themselves seriously yeah there's no meta humor in it in the sense that like we know what we're making we get that it's weird and it's campy and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and they play that up this movie they don't do that like this movie they're legitimately taking this serious it's a serious story yeah you know this this crazy dude is going to use the power of stonehenge to murder children like mm-hmm. it's a fucking weird ass story <laughs> but they take it serious it's bonkers which obviously makes this movie 10 times as weird but I like it. I mean, and again, like I really do think I I understand what we were going for, and I appreciate it for yeah. that. Um, even with all this weird things going on, these weird things going on, and the motivation not quite making a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can definitely appreciate it. I like the fact that the final processing is quote unquote a volatile, harmful chemical. Yeah. But then the top salesman buys it. He's like, oh no, that makes sense. Like, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. The final process of these children's masks is highly volatile chemicals. Yeah, it's it's, it's so perfect weird. for kids. It's so like you said before in the beginning, it's such a it's a weird Willy Wonka esque because it does get that strange... vibe. Once you get to the factory, it's very yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate and it's Factory, so weird. and like you get the the airhead characters that are like, okay, yeah, makes ton of sense. <laughs> like, you're like, what? But I don't know. It is really weird. Now there were. There are a couple cameos, kind of cameos, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his ex-wife is um, Nancy Loomis, Annie Brackett from Halloween 1. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis does make a, a voice appearance. She makes a voiceover appearance yeah. when they do the, it's curfew, it's curfew. Uh, Everyone yeah. needs to be that. That's Jamie Lee Curtis. And then the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, does the jingle and yeah. the voiceover like, hello, kids. Yeah. Make sure you sit down and stay for the 9 o'clock giveaway. That's his voice That's, doing Okay, it. he's doing the voiceovers. Okay. The other little points that, towards the end, that I was like, oh, let's see what's going on here. I mean, the whole ending. So, I feel like I've seen this movie, like, 20 times from start to, like, an Probably. hour. Yeah. And then the last, like, 30 minutes, I always am like, eh, the, I, I'm done with the movie. It does get kind of... I mean, it, it, def- it definitely pushes its welcome or st- overstays its welcome a little bit it takes forever to get to the point yeah and by the time you get to the point like, you're right eh. you're kind of just like i don't 
care. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, there's so much madness point, I mean, that I'm, I mean, like... I'm I'm enjoying the craziness of it. But you're right. Like it's like, all right, what is the point of all this? Like, yeah. What, what what is going on? And you're just waiting for the you're just you're waiting for the bad guy to do his whole villain spiel and explain what happens and sure enough he yeah, goes through his entire he plan while he's just sitting him in a room and at that point when he was going through his like little master plan he puts the mask over the doctor detective man yeah <laughs> he he does he goes like happy halloween it's kind of like the like it reminds me it, the 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 score is almost the exa- i think it's the same score from halloween it's not the dun 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 dun. Well, yeah, but there's there's another like the tone, the dark tones. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same it from they, Halloween. They said the John make, Carpenter scored they said, it all. They said in the making of the movie that, or at least one of the makings I've watched, um, that yeah, that Carpenter did pull a lot from the original score yeah. and just add different synthesizers to it to yeah. make it more of an '80s electronica feel. Because yeah. I mean, the whole movie is based on the premise of mysticism and witchcraft mixed with. Mm-hmm technology technology and technological advancements and how scary especially at the time like in in the early 80s where it's like computers are like personal computers really are just kind of becoming a thing so computers are still pretty scary to people they don't understand technology and the idea that someone could take your soul your being and make you a robot like it's really like that's what the body snatcher movie is so scary yeah at the time time that was believable that was what was that gonna happen yeah i mean it's to people like that, that's probably terrifying. So that, I can kind of see where they were going with that. The ending does kind of drive me a little nuts. Like it drags a little bit. Well, it's what did it drag? It's, it's just it's, it's there's so, a lot of information it, too, where it's like outrageous information. It's too. very outrageous, and even the way he is, the doctor escapes is outrageous. He's like tied to this hand truck with wheels, chair thing with seat belts, <laughs> and he manages to get over to the TV, kick the TV in. Because remember the the fancy schmancy business owner the the factory owner and his robots aren't smart enough to realize that maybe the chair should be bolted to the floor. Yeah, but no, it's he's able to drag no, it along the floor, kick chair. the TV in, and then cut his way out of the thing. <laughs> Managed to throw the mask perfectly onto the, onto camera, the camera, as if that's gonna like conceal the fact that he's escaping. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> oh like, no, it's really oh no, it's just a black screen. It's good. He's everything's okay in there. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. Like, you're like, wait, what? Hold on. I mean, first of all, the dude should be pitching for the Dodgers. Yeah, let if alone he can nail being it. a doctor. And, the I, dude's got an and I, think I, I think I saw that he did it correct on, like, the first try, but then they needed some more footage or something, and it took him 30 more tries to get <laughs> it. So it just took forever to get that one of little, little thing. Of course it did. But that kind of wraps up, I think storyline and like tidbits of storyline so weird yeah i mean it really is a weird story I, I, you're not gonna get me past that but i do like the movie i, I do, do like overall it is overall it is a very fun goofy if you're looking for that like very sticky goofy 80s horror movie yeah give it a watch because i remember when i first very first like got into horror movies i bought like every Halloween DVD except three, I didn't want it because I it wasn't I knew it wasn't Michael Myers, it wasn't part of my collection. And then, as the years grew on, as I kind of got immersed into horror a little bit more, this movie became like a staple of my Halloween watching. And as soon as it hit October, then this movie was going to be hitting my TV screen. So I think that wraps it up for the story. But we'll kind of I got a couple like little 
maybe not trivia, I guess, but the song, that song we love so much. The oh. dun, 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 dun. Does that sound like a familiar song to anybody else out there? Yeah, it's because obvious. it is London Bridge, and it's and they did it because it was pop, public domain at the time. Right, it's still. I mean, it's it's one of those songs that is public domain. Yeah, so they didn't have to pay any kind of royalty fees or anything right. like they literally, that. I mean, and from what from what they said is that like the one of the composer, I think the composer, they sat him in the room. They said, "You and Tommy just just bang out a jingle mm-hmm. and use London Bridge because we don't have to worry about paying rights to anybody." Yeah, and that's how they came up with it, mm-hmm. and it's. It's, it's very, very catchy. catchy. I don't even have to sing it, and it's yep. stuck in your head. It's been in my head for weeks. As soon as we knew we were doing this one, I was like, oh, god damn it, here we go. When you posted the, the little teaser picture, immediately yeah. I started, dun, 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 just started dun, dun, singing dun, dun, it. I'm like, god damn it. And then the only other thing that I found that was kind of fun and worth noting, I guess, was that this was originally supposed to be directed by Joe Dante, who directed yes. Gremlins. Yes, Joe Dante turned it down. And then it kind of went into this limbo of uncertainty if they were going to make it or not. Yeah, and the cool thing... I mean, and then he took, finish, but. and then so because of its uncertainty, uh, Steven Spielberg had offered him to direct the Twilight Zone movie, which he took. So then, obviously, it flipped directors at that point. Yeah. So another thing, and I don't know if you had written this down. The other thing that's interesting about this is that Tommy Lee Wallace actually, even to this day, claims that the written and directed credit by Tommy Lee Wallace he feels is it isn't an accurate credit only because what Joe Dante did is when he turned the movie down he suggested to John Carpenter and Tommy Lee that hey you should work with Nigel Neal who at the time was a pretty famous British TV and movie horror icon mm. he wrote the Quartermass movies okay, which yep. if you know what those are so he they brought him in to write the initial initial treatment of the screenplay which they he did and then John Carpenter sat with Tommy Lee, and they, they did some edits to it or whatever to make it more friendly to American audiences. Yeah. And then Nigel ended up pulling his name from the credits, awesome. saying, yeah. he's saying, I don't, need, I don't need my name in the credits. So that's why it's credited as written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. But he says himself, it's like, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't my idea initially. We just wanted to bring in a guy like that who was very much in the realm of just iconic directors and, and, and producers when it comes to, like, the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And to get that 50s body snatcher feel. Yeah. Um, so Tommy Lee gives a lot of credit to that, which is kind of cool to see, you know, a director not obviously just saying, oh, yeah, it's all of my idea. Like, mm-hmm. we wanted to give credit to where credit's due. Yeah. Um, so that's, that was pretty interesting, one of the things that I found. All right. So that wraps it up for this episode. So going back to our schedule, the Fear and Beer off-season schedule, our week two, which for this month is going to be week three because there's five weeks it's in october five weeks in october because october is weird our next one we're going to be doing a mock event so we had done a mock event before we did the all 90s version mock event and we had done i think we did another one previously too as well we did uh no we did the 90s one it's the 90s one at this point all right so what we're going to do is we're going to come up with if you backtrack if you haven't heard or our episode on the 90s mock event what we did is we created a speculation map revolving around all 90s properties we did originals and ips scare zones and we dissected our event during that episode so what we're going to be doing next episode is we're going to be doing another mock event we're going to come up with 10 houses we're going to do the scare zones we're going to do the shows maybe some food some little stuff like that that you would expect to see at this you know quote unquote mock fan event from fear and beer yeah and we just a little bit of just interesting 
get to come up with some just fun ideas stuff. that we come up with and you know obviously we got to pass the time because there's no event yeah. this year but you know we're just going to kind of give you what we think would be kind of cool based around certain themes correct and, so well, this theme we're going to be discussing through the week and we will kind of like we did with halloween 3 season of the witch for this episode we're going to kind of give you a little bit of sprinkling yeah. of uh a little bit of a teaser throughout we'll the week we'll, we'll, we'll theme this Something. Somewhere around Halloween. Not necessarily the movie, but Halloween in we'll, general. We'll do something to encompass the month of October. Right. So that is all for this week's Fear and Beer. We hope you guys like that cool review. Definitely check out Please a... Please check out this movie. <laughs> check out Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Like, give it a chance. And check out Southern Tier Pump King because we're just about yes, finished with our drinks now. Too. But these are some really killer beers. That too. Yeah, for sure. All right, but until n- next time, this is Nick. And this is Seamus. Happy haunts. Again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.